Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Lyric, uh, us. Happy year. Still to be happy about. You're up too old. Job's not finished. Legacy is what you leave behind. Leadership is how you are defined. Tomorrow, I don't know the sun gon' shine. So today, I'm trying to replenish my mind. Legacy leader, yeah. Legacy leaders, yeah. Legacy leaders, what is good? This is Cold Brute and Convos with your L3G coaches, and I am Coach Jimmy G Jr. Uh, and today we are going to be discussing what to expect when you bring people back to work. Uh, if you are a leader working in a business place in, in corporate, uh, we have a special guest with us, Ricky Baez, uh, and we are He's in the green room right now, so we're just waiting for him to uh, to jump on. And of course, my co-host Anthony Devon Watch Jr., aka Trey Deuce, will be logging on uh, pretty shortly as well. But uh, we are excited about today's uh, yeah today's live today's cold brew. Uh, it's a good Wednesday, Cinco de Mayo. Um, feeling good. I have my, I don't, my ice melted, but I promise you guys, I have my cold brew with me right now. Uh, it is Wednesday. So that means if you have not heard yet, we have dropped another episode of the Legacy in Leadership podcast, uh, which is actually uh, part two of the interview that we've done with uh, Sunil Gatsi. So on the first uh, episode that we did with Sunil, we went through our Mentored by uh, Adversity series. We asked him a series of leadership questions and really focused on intuitive leadership. And then we thought we definitely want to bring him back on for a part two so that we can get into intuitive branding for all of our solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and, and small businesses uh, owners out there. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that one yet, then I highly suggest you do so because um, it's a good one. Now, funny enough, I wasn't on that one. Uh, I was celebrating my wife's birthday uh, and I used my intuitions to make sure I didn't make any mistakes and uh, cook my wife some dinner and make sure she was taken care of uh, for her birthday. So uh, interesting because uh, it is a solo uh, interview with Devon and Sunil, uh, but I've listened to about, oh, I would say about 75% of it, and it was a pretty, pretty good conversation, pretty good episode, so again, you definitely want to, uh, to listen to that. Uh, so as I mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you have been rocking with us for some time, uh, then you know season one, which was our second guests, actually third guest, I'm sorry, third guest on our Mentored by Adversity series, which was about episode 16, season one, Boomer recording, Ricky Baez. Um, and he's such a, a fun dude. And, and of course, a good friend of ours, we decided, you know what, we want to bring Ricky back uh, and just talk a little bit more about various topics, uh, <laughs> but specifically uh, what to expect when you're bringing people back to work. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Baez. What's up, Jimmy? Man? How you doing, man? Can I'm you good, hear me? Man. I'm, I'm, also, you can't hear me. <clears throat> I can hear you. Yes, loud and clear. 
yeah. Everybody tells me that. Ricky, we hear you loud <laughs> and clear. Um, I know I, I, I heard you say I, I was in the green room. I was literally in a green room, but I was trying to get the audio getting going. So I have no idea what else you said past green room up until introducing me right now. <laughs> so if you're going to throw some questions at me about some things that I didn't hear, go have at it. Go no, 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 no questions. <laughs> I was I was buying time and just reminding our listeners out there uh, to, to peep out the, the latest episode that just dropped today. So um, oh, thank you. Yeah, we had our, our second. Uh, well, not your podcast, my podcast. Oh. <laughs> our podcast but you can by all means you can plug you can also plug yours so uh for those that uh because we, we definitely have a lot of new followers that have just you know started listening with us <clears throat> uh ricky baez is a podcast host himself of hr talk uh and also owner of Biasco learning uh, so won't you just start off and tell us a little bit about the podcast and, and even what you do with Biasco learning Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I own, uh, it's the, uh, the HR talk podcast. I am a co-host JC and I, uh, host that show. Uh, but I also run Biasco learning, which is a training and development consultancy firm that focuses on HR issues. So medium to, to, uh, it's small to medium sized businesses. We go in, help them out with any HR issues all the way from bringing people into the organization, uh, making sure they progress in the organization all the way to whether they retire or mm -hmm. they, we make them retire, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the organization, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so it, it's, you know this, I've done HR a little bit differently than what yes. people have done in the past, um, which uh, it's been well-received. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but uh, it's been well-received because um, in, you and I have had these conversations and, and it's in the past, I really believe in being authentic. Right. Especially when it comes to human resources, which, again, it's the act of being a human in an organization. You provide a resource in which you get money back for that resource. So that's what we focus on. Yes. Uh, and again, for our new listeners and even for loyal listeners that maybe uh, do not know, Devon and myself worked with Ricky uh, for several years uh, in the call center environment. Uh, it is Cinco de Mayo and Ricky has already been celebrating uh, for a couple of hours now, so uh, right. but, yeah, we've had we've had a lot of conversations uh, with Ricky again throughout the past uh, on various situations and scenarios and topics and things that we had to take care of in uh, in the workplace. So uh, my man definitely knows what he's talking about. He is an expert in the field of HR uh, and just you know has been a very good HR business partner to us in the past. Uh, so again, we're excited to have him back with us uh, tonight. Uh, Devon Thank will you. be joining us. Thank you, bro. No, seriously, we appreciate it. Uh, Devon will be joining us uh, at some point. Uh, he is he's uh, still working with Champ and getting Champ's haircut. So I think they're they're on their way back from the barbershop. Um, which, if again, if you've been rocking with us for any amount of time, you know how important it is. Uh, to make sure that we're taking consistent trips to the barbershop to stay uh, so fresh <laughs> and so clean. Uh, but just the the amount of, of experiences and conversations that we even have at the barbershop. So um, stay tuned, because as we close up season two and we get into the month of June, uh, I think we're going to have a couple of barbershop uh, talk mm. episodes. Yes. Uh, live with our, our barbers. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about entrepreneurship and business ownership and things like that uh, with these uh, these solopreneurs that we know. So, uh, but that is in the future. That is to come tonight. Again, we rock with a homeboy, a good friend of ours, Ricky Baez. So we were trying to have you on last week, <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
uh, because you were uh, one we want to have you on. Uh, and uh, we know that you were preparing at that particular point to to run a webinar, uh, which I think might have been the first webinar that you've done when it comes, I think, as you know, representing MySQL. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. How was the webinar? What was the topic? Uh, and you know, what was the, I guess, the reception uh, of the webinar itself? So, yeah, so um, it, it's uh, we had to uh, we had some scheduling issues, obviously, because I had a client that really needed my help. And yes. I'm like, all right, let me help that client. I'm not going to talk about what happened, but I had to help that client. Um, but that webinar was the next day. And the webinar essentially was the five ways to build an HR team that does not suck. That, that, is, that is the main. <laughs> That's of- a, I don't know how I forgot that name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there is it, it's it's. Too many times when people start putting together an HR team, they focus on the just the regular stuff. It's like you got to know FMLA. You have to know this. You have to know that. You have to know all these different skill levels, all these different types of laws, which to me, yes, that is important. And you, you need to know that. But that's easy, Jimmy, right? I can Google FMLA. I can Google sexual harassment training. I can Google ADA. Right. Um, but I, what I really wanted to focus on is to focus on the human aspect of bringing somebody on board, mm-hmm. how to bring that thoughtful leader, how to bring in that person who is a leader, not a manager mm-hmm. um, and and somebody who can really connect with not only their own employees, their boss, their stakeholders, uh, but their customers as well internal and external customers, how to connect with them as a human being, because we believe that if you focus on the H in HR, processes always come second, but Mm -hmm. the processes will take care of themselves if you connect with the human aspect of the talent of your organization. So that's pretty much what we talked about in that webinar. Um, It was a free webinar. Right to let them know how you put that together, and then uh, later on there'll be some more some more um, uh, shows or webinars uh, once a month coming live free uh, for the public. Uh, so please keep an eye out for that. So it went well. It was last Thursday, um, and the next one's going to be towards the uh, the end of May. So it'll be a different one. It's not going to be the five ways, and I'm not going to come up with five other ways because then that's ten ways, and by the time I'm done. <laughs> We have too many different ways how to put an HR team that just doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not do not have an HR team that sucks. Um, They're out there. I, I was going to say I, I was I was about to say I guess really lie and say that I, I've kind of dealt with that, but <clears throat> I've seen HR people, individuals that weren't the best. But I've been blessed, man. I don't really think that I, I can say like I, I've been had experiences uh, with HR teams, like overall, like they just mm-hmm. sucked and they were just bad. Um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's been good because it, especially in training and in operations, of course, that you just having that partnership and having good HR professionals to work with is important. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wanted, I, as we continue, I definitely want to um, just welcome some of the live listeners that we have and just remind our loyal listeners and even new listeners uh, about the Legacy Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where uh, we discuss really what it takes to be a leader worth following, an entree leader, an entrepreneur, mm. uh, and how you develop other leaders to do the same, and in doing so, leave a legacy for generations to come. Uh, so if you are new to the podcast or if you are a loyal listener, uh, once this is published, please go ahead and review the podcast episode, give it a like, 
Um, if you have not followed us yet on Podbean, please do so. If you're catching this uh, on the visual on our, our YouTube channel, Legacy and Leadership Podcast, go ahead and give the video a like as well. Leave a comment and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to wait. Like You can go, don't leave the podcast right now, but you can go open up on a different browser, go to YouTube, Legacy and Leadership Podcast, and go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Cancel well. your Netflix. Cancel your Netflix. <laughs> this is the only thing you need. We got, we got the entertainment. I was just about to say, we have the edutainment right for you. Oh, Edutainment, yeah, that's that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. Um, so Devon said he's uh, he's on his way. He had to make sure, again, that him and the kids uh, got the fresh haircuts for Mother's Day, which is right around the corner. Uh, so, yes, a healthy reminder <laughs> to our listeners, Mother's Day is right around the corner. <clears throat> We've had a super busy last two weeks, and I was taking my daughter, picking her up. We dropped her car off because it needs to get fixed. Picked her up, and we're driving back home. Like, man, super busy. Like, this whole weekend, every single day, we had something going on. And she was like, you guys, have, do we have anything planned for this weekend? I'm like, no, I, like, I think we're good. Like, we don't have anything. And then, like, 30 seconds went by, and she's like, this weekend's Mother's Day. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess we do have something going on this weekend. It's not 100% planned yet, but we need to get up on it. So um, public service announcement, again, Mother's Day is right around the corner. Uh, make sure that whether it's spouse, moms, grandma, uh, do, do what you need to do to take care of the fam for sure. So what are you going to do? Are you going to barbecue or are you going to take them out to dinner? I mean, what what is the Jimmy household going to do for Mother's Day? And there's a reason why I'm asking that. That is a good question. So for her birthday, which was last week, mm -hmm. uh, my wife, we were going to go out to, to have seafood. She wanted to go out to this specific spot that's kind of new here in, in Okoa. I think it's called uh, Mr. and Mrs. Crab House. But she wanted New England clam I saw chowder. that. Yes. Yeah, I saw my that. wife yeah. is, is from, uh, from Massachusetts. So she wanted New England clam chowder. But then on the day of, she was like, I don't know, maybe we should just buy, you know, food and, and cook it. So like, all right, that works for me. So I went to the store, bought all this stuff, uh, and cooked the wifey uh, a nice seafood dinner. And we just had a smorgasbord because I went to the store and like bought way too much food. But it was all good. <laughs> so we did that. So I'm not sure uh, if if now, you know, we'll we'll take her out. Um, Lake Ridge uh, Winery is a nice spot. And hey, Claremont, yeah. Claremont, yeah. They have mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday for our folks here in Central Florida. Uh, very nice, again, a winery where they have you know jazz music and food trucks and things like that, uh, and just a very, very nice atmosphere. So I may take her out there, not sure, but definitely got to make sure I do something with my moms as well. So a couple, yeah. of, couple of ladies I need to make sure I get taken care of. Absolutely. Don't forget about the ladies in your life, because up until this podcast, I had no idea. <laughs> See, <laughs> your boy helped out. Oh, Your boy you. helped out. I'm like, all right, it's Wednesday. Now I know what I got to do. <laughs> I asked that, Jimmy, because it's, uh, you know, before you and I started working together over mm -hmm. at the previous organization, um, I used to be an employee relations manager for Darden Restaurants. Yes, I remember. And uh, Darden Restaurants, Olive Garden, back then was Red Lobster, right? And the busiest day of the year for employee relations managers was the day after Mother's Day. Mm. Right. Because that is um, employee relations wasn't there on Sunday, that they're on Monday. And there were so many issues for some reason. That is the one day of the year that people just lose their cool because really? it's, so, it's, yeah, because it's so busy. Right. Not not 
not because it's Mother's Day, but it is so busy. There's three-hour wait times everywhere. Temper yeah. starts flaring, right? And and uh, and it was the just flat-out busiest day of the year. And that's what got me thinking back then, right? It, it's um, um, what is it that we can do as leaders to kind of help these associates deal with all this mass hysteria? Because it's uh, when temper starts flaring from the guests or customers, and then they start flaring with the associates, and especially people call out. Right, because you know they're <laughs> sick enough now, and really <laughs> taking the mother out, right? <laughs> so it, it, it's a you know tempers flare inside the restaurant as well. That's why I was asking that because the best thing you can do for the uh, wonderful ladies in your life is just you know what, give them a break, pamper them, and mm-hmm. cook for them. They should be doing nothing on that day, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, nothing absolutely. at all. Okay, 100% yeah, just agree. 100% waking up, looking to see what Jimmy's cooking, sitting back down and making sure the wine glass is never empty. There you go. So, okay, see, there you go. So you got it, right? But there's a reason why I'm asking that because I know I know what <laughs> what you guys do <laughs> with with um, with uh, your organization. It's all about leadership and all about that mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever been in a situation where you know you know that that day of the year is coming to whatever business you're working on, what kind of team you had that you know it's going to be absolutely crazy. And I know some leaders, young leaders, they they don't prep. They don't mm-hmm. do the, uh, the pre-work. They always deal with things after the fact. But as a seasoned leader, what advice would you give people out there right now? What if guys, what, the the leaders out there right now that they know this thing is coming up, they know it's going to be busy, they know they're going to have a rough shift, whether it's, it's a restaurant, whether it's a supermarket or a flower shop, Publix, because, you know, everybody's getting those flowers and those balloons and that awesome cake, right? <laughs> so <laughs> what, what advice did you give those leaders to prep for this day coming up? The first thing I would do is you know, communicate with them and remind them of the holiday, remind them of the busyness uh, of this specific week. I would also remind them of the importance of this specific week. Uh, and, and, you know, not to get too heavy, but you know, obviously still over the last year and everything that we've gone through over COVID and you just never know what, what situations people may have gone through or are currently going through right now. Um, so just to, to, to remember empathy, you know, cause there's, Ultimately, like you said, there's there's going to be some type of situation, whether you like it or not, that you may see yourself getting into. So how do we maybe even think back to to last year or the year previous and think about what were some of those situations? What were some things that we did well? What are some things that maybe we didn't do too well uh, or provide examples if it's a newer employee that's with us? For some reason, as you asked me that question, I'm like seeing myself like I work at Publix or something like that. Um, But thinking about situations that have come up in the past that I can then share with some of these newer employees and just make sure that they're aware, uh, again, of potential uh, outcomes, right? You don't want to, you know, uh, forecast that this is exactly what's going to happen because you never know. But these are things that we've seen in the past. These are how we handle those situations. Uh, These are some of the flare ups that we've seen. This is why these are some of the mistakes that maybe an employee or a coworker made. And these are some things that we should try our best to avoid. Uh, but the most important yeah. thing is communicate with your folks, prep them, man, prep them for, you know, for whatever may happen. Make sure that you have contingency plans if we run out of balloons and flowers and then the yeah. tasty cakes in the bakery. <laughs> and make sure that, you know, in the end, um, again, we're just coming in with a heart full of empathy. 
people care about their moms. And yeah, it might cause people to get a little out of whack and crazy uh, when things get super hectic. But again, you want to make sure that you're you're kind of putting yourself to the best of your ability in, in their shoes as well. Easier said than done, right? You know, because yeah, yeah, easier said than done. I think if, if you talk about it though, and, and kind of take yourself mentally through those situations, still going to be challenging in the moment, but at least, yeah, I think about it like, you know, it's, it's visualization, right? An, an athlete, you're thinking about myself being in that situation. You're kind of thinking about the conversation. We've had plenty of conversations about critical, tough conversations. Before I go into that, I'm doing the same thing. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, potentially what they can say, the points I want to make and kind of running through that. So when I'm in the situation and I'm engaged in that moment, hopefully I'm able to handle it near flawlessly or, or if something goes you know sideways i'm prepared for that because i've thought about multiple scenarios and, and things that can come up and things can happen and i've you know i've kind of worked through that in my own mind mm. yeah and and it's so you and i are in the same uh, uh concept when it comes to that we have that same point of view especially now because i don't i don't think restaurants were as open this year as they were this time last year with COVID, right? So everybody's everything getting was shut down. Yeah, everything mm -hmm. was, well, I, I don't know, Florida, dude, it's- Well, <laughs> but in May, COVID. yeah, we, we were still, nah, we yeah. were still pretty much, you know- We were, was, you're right, yeah. On lockdown, for sure. At the beginning, yeah, we were. Um, so there's there's a lot of cabin fever that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's happening out there right now. So um, I've got a couple of clients who are in the restaurant uh, business and I'm talking to them right now, letting them know, get ready. Tempers are going to flare, right? You said earlier that you, you don't want to forecast, which I get it, but I, I operate on forecasting. I, when it comes to that, you know what? Expect the worst, prepare for the worst, and, and just make sure that you remember your training, do what you need to do. Exactly. But don't forget that empathy. That empathy piece, regardless what happening to you in that day, that empathy has to be there. But as a leader, you can't just tell your associates, hey, just do empathy, right? You have to practice it yourself, mm -hmm. right? So if you want to see your employees practice empathy with the customers, which, by the way, the lifeblood of your organization, practice that, that empathy with your customers, you have to practice that with them. So just how your employees may get uh, may lose their patience a little bit, you're going to start feeling the same thing with them because they're losing their patience. So you have to be that leader. You have to be that 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 example to make sure that you're guiding them through whatever happens on that day. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of businesses right now uh, nationwide, some of them that still cannot operate mm -hmm. because of whatever reason. And they will pray for an opportunity like Mother's Day coming up right now because that's their bread and butter. And I completely yeah. get that. So I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is that um, one of the biggest kick that we've been on over on my end with Biasco Learning and the HR Talk podcast, you know this, that right now, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And um, right now we are we are in a situation, I don't know if, if with your clients you've had this conversation for the past year or so, the associates are at home and they've been working at home. And now businesses are starting to get comfortable with social distancing guidelines and mm -hmm. they're starting to bring them back. And what they're failing to realize is the person they sent home a year ago is not going to be the same person they're gonna bring back to work, right? So leaders have to think about that right now. They gotta start thinking about what kind of an employee is coming back. Right now, you're going to have an employee coming back into the office that maybe has two kids at home that was learning 
going mm-hmm. to school and being taught by a teacher who's learning the software as it's just in tandem with your kid. And then you have to step in because I had to do that a couple of times. I had to stop what I was doing, look over at my kid's first grade teacher and because she was having a hard time. And I had to teach her how to use the uh, software. And then she got all upset. She's like, you know what? Forget it. Just just bring up the PowerPoint. I emailed everybody in the Excel sheet. And I'm like, there's seven. <laughs> <laughs> They're seven years old. What do you mean bring a PowerPoint, right? So it was stressful, right? And yeah. that was just me with uh, one kid, Jimmy. But I can't even imagine that single parent, right? That single parent that's got two or three kids and also have their parents there as well because mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So it's the reason I'm bringing that up and I'm passionate about it and I really wanted to talk to you guys about it is it's what are you putting out there for leaders to be ready when the associates are coming back into the office? What kind of mental shift these leaders need to have to make sure they're, they are empathetic, to make sure the compassion is there? Because yes, a lot of organizations are for-profit organizations and you have to make sure the needle moves from A to B. But they're not robots doing it, right? These are human beings. So from your point of view, have you seen that out there? And if you haven't, I mean, what's your thought process on that? I haven't yet. I, I, I wanted to, to play that TikTok that you sent me because I thought it was just kind of funny. <laughs> play it. Play. I don't know if, if they'll be able to hear it. I hear it a little bit. Hold on. those phone calls to our employees about the return to work plan mm-hmm. well accounting and it both stated that they can do their job fully remote so they're they're not coming back <laughs> that's what they said right kelly from the events department she actually just quit i said she quit yeah she said that she chooses her yoga pants over this career and there's nothing that will change her mind <laughs> And then Ray from maintenance said that he actually remained in the building for all of quarantine. Yeah, he was working, but he says that he's leaving the building uh, if those assholes are coming back to the office. That's a direct quote. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> and then Bill says that he can't return for at least six weeks. Something about a crippling fear of cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that one. Um, so... <laughs> I send that to you because I, I don't know. Right? But, bro, it's true though, right? These are what people get expected. Dude stood, he quarantined in the building. And now the people that are coming back, he's like, I got to go. I don't want to work around y'all. That is too much. Um, so what I can what I can speak to is, you know, the, the experience that I've been having uh, at uh, my current place of employment. And... It, one thing that you know that they've done a a very good job of is throughout this whole time. I, I believe this is at least the third survey that we've done. So at the beginning, you know, it was more kind of getting a feel for how people were feeling, what they were going through. Uh, but we have been working on all right. What are those next steps? Because you made a, a really really good point that the people who are coming back to work they're not the same man and you can you can talk about so many different situations in which that would be the case right whether again you know i'm just used to wearing my yoga pants and i don't want to go back to to you know business casual or business attire uh or 
maybe they've lost loved ones. Maybe yeah. they had COVID at some point and they're still dealing with, you know, after effects of that. Um, so many different, you know, scenarios that the individual can be in just being isolated in the house. Maybe they're a single person, they're by themselves uh, and they've been in the house. Some people like really have locked themselves in their home for the last several months. And now they're starting to get out. And again, the life is different. The world is different. Um, so we've done a very good job of, of doing surveys and really trying to get a feel for what people are expecting from the company and, and what we can expect of them and the environment itself. You know, do people want to come back to work five days a week? And if they don't, what does that look like? And how do we start really thinking about how to to reconfigure the environment um, so that it is flexible, so that it is comfortable, so that people feel safe uh, to where if if I want to come into work, not if I want to work, but I want to come into work, mm-hmm. you know, I have a space to do that. If I need a quiet space, because you know what, my house, like you said, is, is crazy because I got kids or maybe I have family and I got dogs and, and I need a quiet place to go work. I could, I have that opportunity. Or if it's just way too quiet and again, I've been kind of isolated. Like I want to be able to be around my teammates and and such and collaborate with folks. So we've done a very good job of getting that feedback. And actually, um, I'm one uh, one team member of a team, uh, and there was four of four different groups where we went through this whole process over the last month or so, going through different activities. And actually, this morning we presented for our leadership, each group did on kind of our recommendations based on analyzing survey data, us talking about it ourselves and really thinking about uh, what, you know, what this should look like moving forward. You know, it's... I'm trying to get the thing, right? Yep. Devon's back? Oh. Yeah, he's jumping on. Oh, so he finished his shift at DoorDash? I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My man's on. My man's on Zoom. We got to get you on. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. I hear him on Zoom, but not. Nah. Yeah, something I'll... came up. Let me see if I can invite him. I'll take a little drink. Hold on. I sent you another invite, Devon Watts. So while we bring him on, um, it's uh, oh, there we go. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to you say? Oh no, no. I was just, I just wanted to follow up because I didn't want you to lose. I, I didn't want you to lose show and what you were just saying. There we go. He's there. There we go. You hear me? Yes. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, I was telling you, Ricky, yeah, I did. Uh, I finished my shift with DoorDash, man. I'm listening to you talk about Mother's Day, and I'm not looking forward to working that day either. <laughs> man, I didn't even think about that. You know what? All the people who are not going to restaurants, next mm-hmm. thing, you know what? Here's what people should do. Put away your, your uh, Toyota Corolla and rent a big van and just put a bunch of food back there and just skip all the other stuff just make a bunch of stuff barbecue jimmy right yeah it just starts selling them on the app on the poppy now there you go it just starts to, uh, sell this thing in your neighborhood look at there that entrepreneurship right here <laughs> business man, starting starting businesses just like that oh right? man it's great to see you too man i'm listening to you guys talk and 
uh, about Mother's Day and um, getting prepped for that. And I'm, I'm thinking, actually, I'm a, a little annoyed. I, I left a comment, but like, well, how come we don't have that same dialogue about Father's Day? Is Father's Day the least busiest day in the restaurant industry? It's, uh, so, data, <laughs> this is simple data, virtually non-existent. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say it's. I was gonna say it's probably it's it's less busy than uh, Christmas, and most restaurants are closed for Christmas. Yeah, well, you know what? Another (laughs) another one that's really busy Veterans Day. Mm, Veterans Day is busy. Yeah, I guys, I stay away from restaurants on Veterans Day. I I do because you know here's the thing. I'm a veteran, and would I like to get a free appetizer at Chili's? Yeah, I would. Of course, right. But that's eight ninety nine versus me waiting for three hours. It's not worth my yeah, time. That's true. <laughs> it's that, not. that opportunity. Cost. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't want to, and I just feel bad. Look, I'm a veteran, and I didn't get to see combat. Right? I feel bad for those veterans who did get to see combat, and then they're there. It's tempers are flaring. I don't want to be around. <laughs> I really do not. Right? No, sir. Um, but yeah, but you know what? That's a good point, Devon. How come you don't see that for Father's Day? That is true. We should start no. a petition for that. To I'm make Father's Day just as busy and annoying as Mother's Day for restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do, man. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, I know. I know. But you know what, though? <laughs> we can dream. We can dream. We can dream. Yes. <laughs> if only. We it's can handle it. It's okay. Mothers deserve it, man. Yeah, they, they, mothers, yeah, they, sure. they do deserve it. They they put up with so much. And then it, it's to all the single mothers out there who pull du- double duty. There's, a, there's some dads who, who actually do the yeah. same, right? But it's just... I, I I don't have data, but I'm sure it's... it's oh, it's yeah. Just it's not proportionate. Yeah, it's yeah, not proportionate. It's not. And uh, and for and for the mothers, look, my mom was was one of them. She raised three knuckleheads by herself in the Bronx, mm. and, and that was in the eighties, back when uh, the Bronx was not the place to be. Right. <laughs> it was not right. So no, that's my mom was like, "No, nah, we're leaving. I don't want my son being raised in, uh, in the Bronx. We're going to Florida," and that was that. Yeah, and you've been here ever since, right? Yeah, yeah, since eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at ninety three. No, ninety two was when I got here. Yeah, because you and I went to the same high school. Yeah, yeah, maybe Evans, Evans High School. Evans, Evans, Evans High School. The the real Ehi for all of our Orlando, Central Florida, Edgewater folks. Y'all know what we're talking about. The real <laughs> Devon's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he knows. <laughs> I know. He, he, he was a private school, but yeah, he. <laughs> <laughs> I know he what you went, guys are talking about. He went to prep school. I know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> public schools. The yellow buses. Oh. So many yellow buses. That was fun, man. Those yellow buses. I know. I miss fun. riding the bus. I yeah, it's, you know what? We complain, and I don't know how you guys are. If my AC goes out in my house, I am a miserable prick. But when I rode on those buses, they had no AC. They Never. Had no oh, windows windows open. open, just loving it. Yeah. Yeah, windows open with the diesel exhaust. Yeah. Right? I'm just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder, you know, kids are having issues in school because all that. And look, I used to work for the school board, right? And I used to, you know, go on these bus rides. And you know what? You know who else needs some credit and needs some, you know, some, some praise? Those school bus drivers, bro. Oh, yeah, the bus drivers. Let me tell you, man, those people work insanely hard their work ethic is insane and they catch heat from all because some kids some kids are good but then some of them 
Man, let me tell you, <laughs> I've conducted some investigations, boy. That I'm like, wow, man. And I'm looking at the bus driver who went off on this kid, on this high school kid, right? And I'm looking at the bus driver. You can't say those things, man. You can't do A, B, and C. I'm not going to say names or what happened. But then I'm reading these statements. I'm like, look, you can't say that. But man, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I you can't say that you know, like that. Yeah. Not like that. You have to now, say it like this. Is, yeah, stalk him on You paper. can imply it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. People... Don't stalk him on paper. Don't do that. Now, if you write it. <laughs> Boy, do I have stories. <laughs> you know what? I'll say, Next you know time, what? just I'll walk up story. and whisper in their ear so nobody else can hear what you're saying. Then it's even that much more scary. Yeah, and then somebody videotapes that. Next thing you know, the bus driver's hitting on the student. Good job, Jenny. <laughs> Good job. Forgot about all the cameras, bro. Last time I was in a bus was a long time ago. Well, um, all the extra security I have these days. Well, I was conducting an investigation. I'll say this one quick story. No, I was conducting an investigation where um, obviously uh, uh, you're not supposed to have a cell phone, right? Um, while you're driving the bus, obvious, right? But there was these two bus, bus drivers that kept having rifts. They kept arguing, 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 right? And this one bus driver kept telling me, hey, so-and-so over there has their cell phone and you got to do something about it. I'm like, I don't, ha I don't have any evidence. I'm going to go ask them. I'm going to say, did you use your cell phone? They're going to say no. Then what do I do? I need evidence. Guys, he brought me evidence. Guess what kind of evidence he brought me? Cell phone footage. <laughs> that he took while he was driving. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I got I'm you. Looking at this, yeah, I got him. I'm like, you got yourself too. Self too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you both. Got both of y'all now. Yeah, both gonna be on the unemployment line, boy. So yeah, yeah. I got stories for days for that. I do. Thank you. I didn't mean Thank you. No, no, no worries. <laughs> so uh, I'm coming in at an interesting time because I've been listening to you guys ear hustling, um, and I know we were talking about you know prepping folks for returning to work, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's crazy that this subject would come up because literally. We are going through the process right now of communicating out to our folks what our return to work strategy is going to be. Um, we're we're much more um, conservative than uh, maybe other organizations in terms of our approach, right? So mm -hmm. um, we're delineating it based off of like level, right? So certain people at a certain level and above, um, they will have a hybrid model where they can you know three days on site, two days off. Um, at their leisure, and we're giving them between now and September to come to grips with it, right, and kind of figure out life. Okay. And then for our frontline employees, kind of uh, yeah, our frontline employees, um, we're not having them come back until Q1 of 2022, right? Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, of 2022. Um, but it's interesting because, like, you go through this communication process and you're like, okay, we made the decision. We got to get this information disseminated down. And uh, the wealth of questions, right? Like, even <laughs> even with being conservative like that, just the wealth of questions. And um, and so I'm glad you're here because I actually have uh, some, some questions for you. I know what the – I believe I know what the answer is. We work together. Uh, mm -hmm. for a little bit. So I, I know how you operate, but I'm curious what guidance would you provide? Because we had the question come up, right, of, okay, well, if I'm returning to work in you know September or whatever the case may be, right, or even Q1 of 2022, uh, how can you ensure that I would not be in proximity to somebody who is unvaccinated? Mm. And uh, <laughs> are you requiring people proof of vaccination in order for folks to enter the building? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> right. So uh, let's start. Let's start with that, right? Because I think that's what makes this a little bit more unique, right? Because you have the the you know the backdrop of the pandemic, the mm-hmm. varying opinions on mm-hmm. vaccinated versus not vaccinated, yep. how divisive that is, right? And then um, this little thing called like you know the law and you know HIPAA, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just, little, yeah. just minor minor details, just minor things, uh, just as you know. Um, <laughs> that could introduce some complexity um, how, mm-hmm. how organizations navigate this. Man. So kind of what are your thoughts there, your guidance, and how should organizations approach that, man? So here's the thing, and, and it's, I, I'm just going to say this first. I'm not an attorney, right? And I don't want what I'm about to say to be taken as legal advice because I am nowhere near what an attorney is, right? So what I'm about to say is from experience, and it, it, it's, I'm not being funny here, just, just, just flat out common sense. I, I am worried about organizations that require to have vaccinations. Here's why. Because you open yourself up from a legal perspective. I'm not an attorney, but from a legal perspective, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of issues, right? Because now, because of a specific health condition, you're discriminating whether somebody can come in or not come into the office, right? Now, that has not been tested in court because that is still relatively new. Mm-hmm. So every some organizations are just holding at bay and not requiring it, but I have seen some organizations that are doing it. And remember, mm-hmm. when when us three work together, what is the number one rule I told you guys? Never ever do something that will get a law name after you in five years. <laughs> 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 because that's what's about to happen. Some organizations are requiring, I think there was this one private school in South Florida that told teachers you have until X day to get vaccinated. If not, you no longer have a job. So everybody's looking at that one because they're waiting for something to happen, somebody to file a lawsuit, for it to go to court, to be tested and tried in the legal system, and then case law gets created out of it. Mm-hmm. So my guidance is the best thing you can do is not to require it, right? But really be strict in your social distancing guidelines. And mm-hmm. I mean strict. I'm not talking about if you mess up one time, we're going to coach you. No, if you mess up one time, it's separation of employment. And it's perfectly okay to do that. That is how seriously you take that. Now, what's going to happen is if you got some leaders that are not strong enough to actually follow through on that or actually do follow through on it, then you're going to have a spike in turnover. But then once people start seeing, oh, wow, they're, they're not kidding, it's going to taper down. And it's okay because the people who don't take it seriously, not the people who you want there anyway, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. So now that's the first one. That's my HR advice. The question is, how can you, uh, how can you um, verify or guarantee that I'm not going to sit next to somebody who's not vaccinated? You can't. You can't. Because if you say, I'm not going to see you next to that person, what did you just do? You're discriminating against that person because of a quote-unquote medical condition. You don't want to put yourself in that situation. I've got two clients right now that I'm going through that same question. It's almost like you talk to them, Devon. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what I'm telling them. Now, this client is a call center, okay? Because I know some positions you can do from home and then other positions you cannot. And there's one client that's like, Ricky, what position can you not do from home? Seriously? Like a doctor? I mean, would you want a doctor to FaceTime you to do brain surgery? No, that's not going to work, right? <laughs> it's not. But it, it's, it's the best thing you can do if you have an organization when you're able, if you've got the infrastructure, give people the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Give them the flexibility. If you come into the office, here are the social distancing guidelines. Because not everybody wants to work from home. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. We, 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 we were talking earlier and we focused, Jimmy and I focused solely on the people who've got that hot mess at the house with all the kids, the parents, all this, just this big, big, insane mess there. But we're not talking about the extroverts who have nobody, mm-hmm. especially in Central Florida. You got a lot of people who move here to go to UCF. You got people who move here to go to the Disney um, a college program and they don't have any family here. And the only interaction they have with another human is via FaceTime or Zoom. Exactly, right? And then, and even the young kids who, I mean, I'm not kidding, that they date quite a bit. That app Tinder, which, God, I don't know where that came from, right? But Mm -hmm. all these kids are doing all this dating, and you can't do that now, right? Mm -hmm. So if you give that flexibility to say, I choose to come into the office or not to come into the office, then I think that would yield a better result for the type of employee you're going to have working for you. And if you do it right and your leadership really follows through and they focus on the compassion, empathy, and being a, a human being, your turnover is going to drop. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it, it's, I haven't seen that happen, but in my previous experience, as far as being compassionate and an empathetic leader, uh, that has always won over processes nine times out of ten. Agreed. Right? So that would, that would be my advice. Um, and a lot of organizations are just going to keep looking at these small organizations that are just bucking the system and saying, no, we're going to require it. And it's going to be interesting. So pay attention to the news. Pay attention to, to the legal field. There will be some losses coming out. And mm-hmm. we'll see what kind of um, uh, case law is going to happen where we're going to have to abide by. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's not going to be a, re- a resolution to that um, anytime mm-hmm. soon because that stuff is going to take take a little bit of time to play out in the courts. Um, and our state specifically, I mean, we have mm-hmm. the added complexity of the, um, you know, the the governor, yeah. you know, general posture towards some of these things that mm-hmm. may be emboldening some of these smaller businesses and the decisions that they decide to make. Right. But I love what you're what you called out. Right. Which is just like giving people the flexibility. And I, I would take it a step further, too, and just say that hopefully these organizations have taken the time over this past year because literally it's been a year since you know everybody scrambled like hell to figure out how to get these dusty windows 95 computers uh, <laughs> operating right in somebody's home right but like we figured it out you got people to, to work remote hopefully you've spent the time over this past year refining your expectations of what what does it look like for your business to run and run successfully in this mm-hmm. remote space. Mm-hmm. And then from there, if you've given people the expect if you've given people the flexibility, that coupled with these firm expectations around what you know, what are the the terms and conditions of being a virtual employee will allow you to manage your business effectively. Because mo- for most of these organizations, the reason why there's this apprehension of remaining remote is because they feel like they have no control over the results. Exactly. Right? You feel like you have no control over the results, and um, I think this year, like this past year, has forced the issue for organizations that have held off. You force the issue to say, "Look, you're in this pool now. Like how, like how do you thrive in this environment?" And we figured it out. So if you had to figure it out out of necessity, you can definitely figure it out now with time oh and need. You know what I mean? I- I'm sorry. I I need to find an article. I read it. I it's oh God. I can't believe I don't have it. There's an article that I read that cer- certain companies they saw a productivity spike of 36 mm-hmm. percent because associates were working from home. Yeah, I believe it. 36 percent, 
And you're right. What about these organizations that were really apprehensive pre-pandemic to say, I don't want you working from home? So I don't think of any other reason why they would feel that way other than they don't trust their employees. Yep. Right? I mean, and obviously, hotel, you can't do that from home. A doctor's office, you can't yeah. do that from home. But these other organizations where we've proven, actually, we didn't, the pandemic kind of proved it. Yeah. It proved that it can happen. And if, if I just, if I had something like a call center and I was spending, I don't know, it's $15,000 a month to run that call center from a just infrastructure perspective, I could save that money if I just shut that down, right? Mm -hmm. And we just use the technology that we have and just keep a cat and just pocket that money. But it, it's, I, I want to talk, I would love to speak to those business owners, those business leaders who were apprehensive at first. And I'm wondering how they're looking at this working from home piece right now. Again, a lot of organizations are bringing people back and the rationale that, that they're doing it to bring it back is because other businesses are doing it, right? And um, one of the things we gotta take a look at now, it's uh, Jimmy played the, uh, that uh, TikTok video I sent earlier about, about people coming back into the office yeah. and they don't wanna come back into the office. Could you, that's just one example. Could you imagine if every business was like that? And then you were the only business that, you know what, stay at home. Guess who's going to want to work for that business now? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Everybody. And then that's going to be, I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now, recruiters, business leaders, and hiring authorities, start including that telecommunication flexibility in, in your total compensation. Yep. Mm. Now more than ever. Right. Because people are going to take a pay cut in exchange for being able to work from home. Oh, they are or have that flexibility. Yeah. Right? yeah. And there's some people who don't want to work from home. They just want to come into the office. Like, who was it? Uh, the maintenance guy in that TikTok video? <laughs> he, he quarantined <laughs> at the office. <laughs> yeah. He was there for three months. He never left. <laughs> It people coming awesome. back and like, I, got, I don't want to work with these yeah, I'm out. Go. Why? Because I hate everybody. I quit now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I definitely, just, yeah. I, was, I definitely think that, that that hybrid approach is mm -hmm. is the best route. And if you're if you're basing your decisions on what other companies are doing, like you just you can't you, you can't be focusing on what other folks are doing. You have to focus on your business. What's going to be right for your employees, for your team, for the clients that you're working with. And base your decisions on that. And again, communicate and ask. Uh, I think you heard Devon. I was talking about the fact that you know we've done a number of surveys uh, and put groups together, and we were assigned like to go through this process and have conversations and debate and, and talk about what did we debate about, what did we have consensus on, and then provide our recommendations to the senior leadership and you know the, the corporate leadership team. <clears throat> to give them these recommendations so they can continue to take that information back and then, you know, really decide what we're going to do moving forward. But we've even talked about the fact that, um, you know, can we be flexible enough to, to allow people communicating that this is going to happen, but what if they want to go someplace else for a month and go work? So not work in a different location. Right. And we've had people that they're up North, but they want to come to, to Florida Right. They're working from home anyway. So if I can go work in Orlando uh, at, at family's house or if I get an Airbnb and I can go work there for a month or whatever. Be giving, careful with that. <laughs> giving people the opportunity to to do that. Why do you say that? Sorry to interrupt. It, it's, be careful with that, because um, um, are you talking about working like in a different state? Like, you know what? I'm in Florida, so I'm going to work in Texas now or, or California. Not permanently. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's tax there's tax implications. For sure. There, no, that that right? was that was part of, of <laughs> yeah. some of the debate that we couldn't get into heavy, but yeah, definitely yeah. there's there's different uh implications, right, that you have to consider for sure. Yeah, for you, you know, yeah. and, and I've heard I've heard this argument and I, I, I think it's a ridiculous argument and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but the argument is stop wanting to work from home because if you show your boss that you, that the job can be done remotely. They're just going to let you go and outsource it somewhere else overseas where they can pay one eighth of the salary for the same production value. Mm. And I heard that argument. And I'm like, wow, are you that much of an a-hole that, <laughs> <laughs> that you really want to, you are focusing so much on the bottom line. Again, I get it for profit organizations, right? I get it. But you really want to cut that bottom line mm. so thin that you want to let go your entire workforce here, that right here, right down the street, maybe 10 miles away from you, that you want to send that overseas. If that yeah. is your thought process, in my personal opinion, that is not somebody who should be in charge of any organization. No, but I agree. I don't know what you guys think about no, that. No, no, no. I was just going to say I agree. Like anybody who really holds that rationale, that's a short-term Band-Aid. That's not really mm -hmm. a long-term fix. And the, yeah. the way I've always looked at it, um, you know, in my experience having like a P&L manage, uh, management responsibilities and all other stuff, right? Like, you can't cut your, you can't cut your expenses into profitability. Yeah. Like long term, you know what I mean? Like at some point, there's a, a sunk cost of just doing the business. And, I, mm -hmm. and when you start to uh, try to, you know, try to go after, you know, saving the quarter um, at the expense of losing the dollar. You know what I mean? In terms of the revenue, like it's just super yeah. short sighted. And I, I've seen it play out time and time again. I, you know, I've I've uh, partnered with organizations on the outside where, uh, you know, they were uh, we were recipients of their work. And, you know, they were looking at different ways that they could, you know, uh, leverage their cost structure a little bit differently. And, hey, mm -hmm. we're not going to, you know, instead of, you know, this, uh, you know, vendor charging us, you know, 38 cents a minute, we found somebody that's going to charge us 30 cents. And when you aggregate that over, you know, 10 million calls, it's a lot of money. Like, OK, cool. I, I, I see your thought process. But then when the productivity from a revenue perspective gets cut in half, mm. like, <laughs> all right, so at least you saved the eight cents. You know what I yeah, mean? But like, at what cost though? Exactly. You're, cost? you're in the, you're in the red, right? You're yeah. in the red. And, you, and honestly, you were better off, uh, you know, you were better off, you know, eating the eight cents, right? Or maybe even in, investing a little bit more, right? So that you can squeeze more productivity out of your high performing vendor. Um, and you know, tap into that untapped revenue potential. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So yeah, I, I think uh, employee employers have to be able to offer choice because I, I I love that you bring this up. Before the pandemic, organizations could always hide behind that uh, that standard line of you know we this job has to be done here, mm -hmm. like we it has to be done here. Oh, no, we need we you ha you have to relocate. <laughs> it has to be here, and for the most part, uh, the majority of the the talent pool bought that, and they were like, okay, well, yeah, I mean that's par for the course. And then pandemic happened, the world changed, and all of a sudden, the job that had to be done here, we figured out how you could do it in your grandma's house. <laughs> and so if I could always do it, so and and nothing changed in terms of our systems and all this stuff, right? And you figured out a way to, to make it happen when it came down to if we don't figure out how to make it happen re remotely, the, the company shuts down. So now 
this year has also given not just businesses the benefit of information, but it's given your talent base the benefit of information where you no longer have that leverage, Papa. Mm -hmm. So if you want to sit down mm -hmm. and tell me, hey, no, we're requiring everybody come back. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to find the organizations that understand that remote work is a thing, that it works better for me. There is added productivity from it. They do trust me. Even if it, to your point, even if it means I have to take a little bit of a pay cut. Because you know what? I, I make that up in uh, wear and tear on my car, uh, savings exactly. on my insurance, right? All of those like different Not going to Five Guys Burger every day. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, so, I'm willing, so I'm willing to eat that. And so now the, the talent base is going to have the leverage. So to your point, like it's imperative now for, uh, again, our hired authorities, talent acquisition. Like you have to leverage that. You have to meet people where they're at now. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you guys realize the situation we're in, right? And it we're at a point right now when it comes to a compens a total compensation package that an organization can offer an employee. This is a huge pivotal shift, and and here's what I mean: at one point, businesses never offered benefits, never did. Crazy. Somebody started doing it, and then another company started doing it, and. It, Folks, there's no legal requirement for a business to provide benefits. None. They don't have to do it. That is just an understood construct, an understood total compensation mm. package for health and welfare benefits, right? But the reason everybody offers it and that one business who does it, they look at them like, what are you, crazy? Crazy? When, you, yeah. <laughs> when did you start in the 1700s, right? Which some companies kind of did. Um, <laughs> and so we're at a point right now where right now, this is going to be part of that compensation package. Give this five, ten years. Every yeah, sure. company is going. Every company that can work remotely is going to have to offer it. Otherwise, they're not going to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even their airline industry right now. Look, it's <laughs> we're still far away from it, right? But I'm assuming at some point, 20, 30 years away, the way technology is going, somebody's going to fly a jumbo jet plane from California to Orlando remotely. <laughs> With drones, like a drone. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just like a you know, video game, right? It, it, it's, I know that's unthinkable now, just how 30 years ago it was unthinkable for somebody in Nevada to fly a drone in Iraq, run missions over there. That was unthinkable 30 years ago. Yeah, so technology is going to evolve, and organizations need to pay attention to that. Because it's it, it's you've got different generations that are coming into the workforce, right? For for us three, right? Um, it, it's this is one of the this pandemic has been the most pivotal point, at least for me in my life, right? Uh, one point in my life that I'm like, wow, was 9/11, but that affected only America in some sense. This thing affected the, the world. world, the world, and I don't think any other generation is going to get to see to get to experience something. Every generation going forward is going to experience some residue from it. But sure. I don't think they're going to experience it like this. Look at what's no, happening in no. India right now. Yeah. I mean, no. it, 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 have you seen those videos? It is heart-wrenching. Horrible. Yeah, horrible, yeah. man. 46% of the most, re uh, I think, the most recent uh, growth in COVID incidents or numbers, cases, is in India right now, man. Like My heart goes out to those folks. It, it, it's, it, it is just so... <laughs> And not to derail from what we're talking about, right? So, I gotta, I gotta check myself sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Because some things, sometimes things happen throughout the day that I'm like, damn it, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that happened, or whatever, right? Uh, but then things could always be worse, like what's happening over there, and so it kind of puts it into perspective. But again, coming back to what I was talking about, um, I, I will, I will venture to say, in about five, ten years, 
right? It's just mark this podcast, guys. Mark it. In about five, ten years, that is going to be uh, the Lord. option of telecommuting. It's going to be as pivotal and as an anchor like health and welfare benefits is today right now. It's going to happen. It. I believe the it. The pandemic proved it. I believe so, it. Yeah. So, sorry. I didn't mean to go off the deep end. There. No, no, no. It was good. That was good. All right. Uh, I mean, you know, at this point, we've talked about the fact that communication obviously is important, communicating with your folks and, and, you know, how do we prepare people to come back to work? Empathy is important, making sure that you're doing your best to to think about possible scenarios and situations. Um, and for companies, for employers out there, really, again, you know, listen to your people and thinking about that, at least that hybrid uh, opportunity, uh, because, knowing as time progresses, it's, it's, it's going to have to be part of that benefit package that you provide to your employees. Uh, and if you're not doing it, other people are, other companies mm-hmm. will, and you're going to find yourself at a loss. Um, so that, that's pretty much some of the, the, the main key nuggets and takeaways that I have. Um, anything else that you can think of? I got one more. <laughs> I got one more. Um, it, it's, um, and this is, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, with all these folks coming back into the office, if you are going to require them to come back into the office, okay, fine, I get it. If you're going to do that, provide the support, mm-hmm. right? I know, I know, we talked about it earlier on on the show. That empathy and that compassion and that human aspect of who you are is going to be key, right? And and you as a leader, you can't do everything on your own, right? So talking about benefits, you have the employee assistance program. I cannot tell you how many organizations have that benefits, almost everyone, and they ignore it. Yeah. They ignore it. And, and these, uh, the associates, they don't either, they don't know it exists or they have a, a misconception of what it's all about. Mm. You know what the number one, the number one killer of EAP programs is? Lack of, a, lack of education. Yeah, I believe that. Lack of education, right? No, that, and, no go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just want to say that that was, you know, I've mentioned this to you before, man. It's one thing I've been highly, highly impressed about with uh, the current organization I'm with. It's, we mentioned at the beginning, it's Mental, uh, uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And mm-hmm. they have invested into a, a company where every employee and our family has access to a website where we can uh, learn about meditating and watch videos, if it's exercise, if it's uh, recipes and learning how to cook, where you can actually go and speak to a counselor. And, and it's not even part of, it doesn't come out of our insurance. It's nothing that you know, additional that we have to pay for as an employee. The company is paying for that for everybody. And like you said, it is highly, highly marketed and talked about on our SharePoint page via email to That's make awesome. sure that everybody awesome. knows about it and that they're taking advantage of it. Um, I need to do a better job of that myself, but um, I feel pretty good where I'm at right now. So, uh, but you know, just the fact that, that they do that, no, for sure that, you know, it, 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 it's highly important to the rest of the company and, and the teammates that we have. And again, it's just even that alone, especially when you've experienced a different environment and different things that it, you feel good about what they're doing and, and knowing that they're making that type of investment in your mental and emotional well-being. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the number one reason associates don't use it is because they feel or they believe that whatever they talk about, it's going to go back to their managers yeah. and get back to the organization. So as leaders, if you push and you educate your your workforce about how that part is not true, 
Mm-hmm. How the only thing now, now at the end of the day, you have to know how many people used it to see if there's any ROI. But yes. The names are not there. The names right. are not there, folks. And it's not just for mental health. It's for financial services. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, Jimmy, for your family as well. I've used it several times. It has been a great benefit and is the unsung hero of the benefit package, right? Because it, it's uh, that, that benefit right there can help you and to use the other help and welfare benefits less. Mm. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you push that more, the other price of those other deductibles can go even less. Because if you go see a psychiatrist, you got to pay your copay. You got to do all these different things, right? Yep. But sure. if you push that, I'm telling you, leaders, it, it, it's push that program. Your associates are going to need it more than ever now if you're bringing them back to the office. Oh, well said, man. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thank dropping, you. Right. dropping, hey. dropping, dropping nuggets, dropping nuggets. nuggets. There you go. <laughs> there was there was plenty right. more throughout there, but it took me a minute to. Uh, oh, let me hit pause on this to uh, to drop one. Um, before our legacy leaders out there, our entree leaders that have been rocking with us, uh, and our heart heroes, I see you. Remember, we got that leaderboard, so go ahead and continue to, to hit that button and give us some hearts, show us some love. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I believe it's uh, Rawi, uh, a new a new listener that we have with us today. Uh, man, we just continue every day. Uh, we're on our numbers, and, and we look That's at awesome. them because it's important to us to know that uh, the followership is continuing to grow. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are, are super grateful to uh, our legacy leaders and entree leaders out there, again, that continue to, to show up every week to listen to the podcast. Again, we just had another episode that dropped today uh, to join us for the live podcast, Cold Brew and Combos with your L3G coaches uh, and our special guest this evening, Ricky Baez from HR Talk. Yes, sir. Um, again, just, you know, it, it really has been a phenomenal experience. Man. We're, we're coming up on the end of season two. So we got a few weeks left, but we have been focusing on uh, decision making with the last conversation that we had with Sunil Gatti and intuitive decision making. And that is going to be our jump off for the rest of the month of May and providing you strategies that you need to make quicker and more effective decisions first episode that we'll be dropping next week. We're going to be giving you some uh, really five kind of ground rules from the mindset perspective. We're going to start with the mindset and then start focusing on some strategies once you have that mindset in place. Again, more effective and quick decisions is what we're going to be breaking down for you. So you're not going to want to miss that. If you haven't listened to the latest episode that just dropped today, make sure that you do that. And again, Check out the YouTube channel, Legacy and Leadership Podcast, so you can catch the visuals, so you can see all of the facial expressions, so you can see Ricky with his cup. Let us, there you go. <laughs> his Mickey cup. Ricky with his hey, Mickey cup. Hey, there's no Mickey juice in there. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky A1A Beachfront Studios. Hey. Uh, and then you can see Trey Deuce, a.k.a. Devon Watts with that ugly hat on. Uh, what are you talking about? These are vice, baby. I know, I know it These is. These are vice, baby. <laughs> this is a playoff edition. Y'all giants don't know about that. What? I can't oh, even see what it is. I can't even see what it is. It's the Minnesota Vikings. It's the playoff edition. Y'all boys don't know about that. Yeah, I know. Come on, man. Nobody knows. Don't, don't, don't even do that. <laughs> Nobody knows about it. You're right. Uh, I'm, I'm, typing, I'm typing something in the chat for uh, for Raleigh right now. Uh, there you go. He, want, he wants the... Uh, Boom. It's YouTube.com. You can just uh, search for Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Uh, we have that. No, thank you. We appreciate you rocking with us and listening. Um, 
if you have any questions, man, please feel free. If you want to jump on live with us, you can always do that. If you have a question uh, that should I suppose in the comments, again, you can do that as well. Um, so I'll give it another minute or so to see if uh, any of our listeners right now have any other questions. Uh, but again, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, like the video. This video for this live podcast will be dropping in a few days. Uh, I got a couple of videos that need to drop, so um, <laughs> we're going to that. You guys need an intern. We do. Boy, we do. Uh, we we do. Fun. Let's talk off mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, the after party will be recorded too. I don't know about that. <laughs> I gotta get a refund. That, that's, that, that's for our uh, our green room conversations. That's right. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right, y'all. Um, hey, again, thank you for rocking with us, man. We appreciate it. Um, stay tuned for next Wednesday. Uh, again, Cold Brewing Convo is coming every Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock. Uh, you can go ahead and, um, again, come on live with us, listen. Uh, but we're definitely wanting to get more folks uh, involved in the conversations as well. Uh, so until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Stay encouraged. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for having me on. Break on that beat, going crazy. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.